Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Today we will be recapping Season 6A, Episode 6 of The Sopranos, titled Live Free or Die. This episode aired April 16th, 2006. It was written by David Chase, Terrence Winter, Mitchell Burgess, and Robin Green. And it was directed by Tim Van Patten. Here is the HBO synopsis for this episode. News breaks out about Vito's secret life, but Tony tries to avoid a rush to judgment. Benny and Terry Doria find Vito, but he races off and hides out in a small New Hampshire town. Meanwhile, Tony and Christopher look abroad to take care of Rusty for John. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tony and Christopher look abroad to take care of Rusty for Johnny Sack. Carmela's spec house is ransacked. And Tony puts Carlo in charge of Vito's construction business. Okay, well, it looks like uh, for this episode, we may be interrupted by my cat several yeah. times. And <laughs> it's just going to have to be what it's going to be. But this She's trying episode... to get back in that drawer again. I know, she's insane. <laughs> she's nuts. But um, this episode, we have some... We have all the heavy hitters of writing. Right. We have the creator of the show, Burgess and Green, yeah. and Terrence Winter all coming together for what you would expect and with tim van patten directing mm -hmm. what you would expect to be the best episode ever created yeah in sopranos history and yet and yet this starting five <laughs> all-star team yeah turns in one of my least favorite episodes of it, this entire series it has uh, a few weaknesses in yeah it, to say the least but we pick up with just kind of a random opening scene. Tony mm -hmm. in the backyard still enjoying, you know, taking rest from his hospital stay. Yeah. The wind and, you know, we got this in the fourth episode when he left the hospital. He was kind of in this position. Mm -hmm. But yet there's this comical rattling of the water heater to the pool. Mm-hmm. And frustrates him and annoys him, and we get him just kind of giving us a little bit of comedy here. Yeah. To open up. Right. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's something that he talks about a little bit later, but I mean, this scene is so emblematic of one of my issues with this whole episode, mm. where it's just these like little kind of bits here and there yeah. that don't necessarily feel like they really add up to anything right but i guess this little moment is kind of tony trying to live the everyday as a gift yeah sort of philosophy that he said would right. become his overall philosophy and just this minor irritation of the water heater is really grinding him down grinding his gears yes as they say yeah <clears throat> cut to Vito and his gumar who really, really wants to be fucked by Vito. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is the only thing I took away yeah. from that scene. Is right. that she's even like, hey, I'd like to be fucked every once in a while right. too, fat man. It's been over a year. Right. She makes that very clear. Yeah. And I guess, you know, aside from that, we see that Vito is kind of making up these reasons to not go outside. Because obviously he's kind of in hiding right now. He's kind of... Yes. He's laying low. Laying low, yeah. Right. 
So Tony and Chris uh, at the pork store here outside, and you know, this kind of language too was kind of, there were moments here too where it just felt like very like goofy Goomba like mm -hmm. stuff. And this language here, you know, I enjoyed it, <clears throat> but I thought it was the start of more of this. Yeah, like, sure. It's nice when it's like peppered in right. once. Yeah. But there's a little bit more of it later on too. Yeah. Tony says, Our friend over there is going to fit him for a suit. She's sending over two of her best tailors. So I should meet him at the airport? No. They're going to call you when they arrive. Now you hook him up with a third party. Huh? Get him some scissors. <laughs> right. Okay. So the, that theme of, yeah. you know, dressing these guys up for <laughs> their business event. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of silly. But now Chris agrees. Mm -hmm. Whereas previous episode didn't really agree. Right, yeah, exactly. He thought it was a pussy-ass maneuver, but then he says, hey, no, it's smart. Uh, you know, we won't be tied to it if the feds get wind of the fact that Rusty was murdered. Right. Why, yeah. would, it, why would it be New Jersey? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we get, I guess, I, I guess like a nice little bow to the Perry and Nunziata yeah. beating of last episode. <laughs> right. Who's too young and dumb to yeah. understand anything about this apology. <laughs> How it's right. half-assed. It, it, him trying to apologize and not knowing his place. Mm -hmm. That he has this temper. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And then that's like the last bit of him that we get for this particular episode. Yeah. And it's like, okay, moving on. Mm -hmm. Moving to... on too. Uh, Chris. Okay, so I liked this scene. Here yeah. we go. I really want to talk about the stuff that I did like in this episode. Good. Don't want it to all be negative. I did enjoy this scene of yeah. Chris at AA. Yeah. And uh, he's with Murmur, his uh, fun sponsor guy. And uh, this is when Vito is basically outed because right. they run into this random guy from Yonkers, yeah. Kevin Mucci. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey heard that a uh, fat veto likes it in the ass right. <laughs> i love the distinguish here of fat veto right yeah <laughs> from all the other vetoes out there yeah yeah so word of mouth some somehow mm -hmm. this all gets to christopher in this moment yeah who has to hurry it over to the bing right to tell the crew about it and of course murmur just fucking blurts it out right just seems not so smart yeah. on his part. Seems like he's kind of out of his element and doesn't realize it. Yeah, it's really not your place to make these kind of jokes. Yeah. It all sounds rather fake. Mm -hmm. Fake news coming from Christopher yeah. here. How could a married man like Vito right. possibly be gay? Yeah, he's got a gumar. And kids. To boot. Yeah. So this doesn't sound a, this doesn't sound right. And mm -hmm. of course, everybody is going to be skeptical, right? And they're going to throw up mm -hmm. the the naysays. Uh, and then again, Murmur has to throw in that you know veto taken into the back, yeah, <laughs> remark that. But Tony yeah. does it throughout the episode, right? He's he's making these innuendo, and yeah, euphemisms that he's not aware of. Yeah, the unintentional euphemism is by tony is a joke that they repeat like four times right and so here let's take it to the back yeah that's what Vito said yeah i mean it's just uh it's great stuff and then we do go to the back of uh bing and carlo has a very significant role in this episode right um, his first role is to back up the trustworthiness of sal the 
person who saw mm-hmm. Vito and says, no, this is one of our guys that we know and he's helpful. And yeah, there's no reason he would make it up. Mm-hmm. Everybody's worried though. Because Vito yeah. represents them. Yeah, exactly. And you get to see, hey, you know, this is actually a big issue. And I feel like for a lot of people who are, you know, watching this show intelligent enough to not, you know, carry this kind of, uh, you know, uh, bias and homophobia in their right. heart. So, like, for us They're watching like Patsy. this. Yeah, well, that's actually another little uh, bit here that I guess I like about this episode is that really sort of exploring each individual guy's unique reaction to the veto news. Yeah. And they all have very specific takes on it. So Patsy's kind of like, hey, whatever, I don't care. What's the big deal? And then obviously yeah. Polly's extremely against it. Christopher makes it like a joke, but he yeah. too also like to cut off his pecker. But Chris thinks it's like the funniest mm. out of all the guys, even though, like you said, you know, he still wants to see Vito punished and killed probably. Yeah. Uh, and then Carlo kind of has like the darkest take on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like yeah. references here to Elton John right. and Rock Hudson from <laughs> Sill and then yeah. Judge Roy, uh, what was it? Roy Judge, Bean, yeah. Roy Bean, yeah. yeah. And yeah, everybody has a very serious, later on, even Bobby's like, I don't, right. I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know. And so, yeah, yeah it, it is interesting to see that. It, it, more interesting to see it coming from Tony, mm-hmm. who is playing more of the modern day kind of boss but yeah we'll get to that it's just yeah everybody is kind of dumbfounded and confused and Mm -hmm. hopeful that it's just a stupid rumor and at least that's what tony wants to keep it to yeah yeah this moment cut to uh, meadow working hard in her uh, little small law Mm -hmm. uh, center helping a muslim family that is being treated like terrorists it's obviously Still a major issue. And, of course, in 2006, Meadow would probably be dealing with a lot of these cases. Right. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's working hard. I give her kudos for looking mature and, uh, you know, being acting mature. Did you just say something positive about the character Meadow Soprano? Trust me. Yeah. There's more episode to come. <laughs> <laughs> We're not done yet. Right. But, yes, in this moment, bravo. All right. I guess that leads directly to the next scene where she's kind of in their breakfast nook, mm-hmm. you know, at home, and she's venting, you know, her outrage. We get a bunch of little details here. Again, it's sort of like the gay issue with Vito, mm-hmm. where this kind of issue is presented, right, of justice and bias, and then we get these various takes on it. So obviously, Meadow's going to have the kind of like, classic sort of liberal outrage point of view right aj's gonna have the just sort of douchebag laughing about it point of view carmella interestingly enough is like hey he this muslim guy probably did something wrong he can't be innocent by the way i voted for bush right you know yeah finn's like must have been really scary right just kind of you know a subtle (laughs) remark there doesn't want to go too deep and of course tony playing the small violin Mm -hmm. what a family yeah exactly yeah but this also carries into the next scene even Mm -hmm. christopher's in the back of the pork store and tony enters asking about fazul of course he means (laughs) muhammad and ahmed yeah and uh 
again, like Christopher trying to act sophisticated and bright mm -hmm. always comes off as is comes off too strong. Right. You know, <laughs> when he's going into all this and he says at the end. Plus, Muhammad and his girlfriend have a dog, a Springer Spaniel. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Terrorists don't have dogs. Yeah, yeah terrorists can't love dogs, right? <laughs> can't have Springer's, <laughs> Springer Spaniels. But this is yet another scene. I just, I was like, ah, it's kind of just like a non sequitur yeah. in a way. Yeah. Doesn't go anywhere. No. Really. No, it doesn't. And then we just kind of move on to the next scene. Okay, so here's a good one, right? Benny, Dante, and this guy, Terry roll up on Vito. Mm -hmm. uh, they found him at his Gumar's place. Yes, because in uh previous scene before, Sil says that one of the dancers knows her. Right. So obviously right. that worked. Yeah. So uh, they get there. Vito's there. And they're not, you know, overtly threatening, but they make it pretty clear that basically Vito's getting called into the principal's office. Right. And he's probably in trouble Right away, Vito is obviously able to piece together what this is all about and flees. Yeah, I mean, they really should have had him drive mm -hmm. with them, you know, right. right in the back or something. Uh, and then on top of it, just Benny act, trying to act cool and tough yeah. is, is great. Better not come around here no more. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a 12-year-old bully or something Yeah, in yeah. the 50s. Well, it's like his character almost in Newsies. Right. I don't know if you've ever... He's in Newsies. So yeah. He plays this tough right, little right. kid. So. Oh, yeah. that's. I didn't even think about that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, just kind of drives off. Mm-hmm. Now, Christopher is meeting up with the third party that is going to give the scissors to the tailors that right. are coming. And it's his old drug dealer. Yeah. We've seen this guy before, have we not? In, have we uh, seen him before? I feel like we've seen somebody. Yeah. Somebody like this who, was it a different guy who asked Adriana for money? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, a yeah, different, it was different than this guy, Corky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he's it, it's obviously, you know, a guy who's, you know, he, he's got a price and it's heroin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is the guy, though. This is the yeah. guy you're going to trust to pick up the tailors right. and give them guns. Okay. Well, at least he speaks Itel, as yeah. Chris puts it. Right. Yeah, which I guess you're going to need. That's an important job skill, you mm -hmm. know, on Corky's resume. Mm -hmm. uh, will accept heroin yes. <laughs> as payment, <laughs> and I speak Italian. Yeah, I speak uh, Ital thanks to Duolingo. Right. Um, uh, so they get into the discussion about Vito. So word mm -hmm. is already spreading about this. Yeah. Now, does Chris say he took off like a bat on a hill? It kind of sounds like that. Because the subtitles definitely gave it that. Yeah. He took off like a bat on a hill. <laughs> instead yeah. of a bat at a hell. Yeah. Hey, they never miss an opportunity for a malaprop or a yeah. misphrasing of a common saying. Yeah. Of course, yeah. the button on this scene being... It could be a midlife thing. Sucking a cock. Which is, I think <laughs> that was a nice delivery. I think there's yeah. like those like one lines... And just nailing those one lines, and I mm -hmm. think Imperioli 
does a good job there. Yeah. Sucking a cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great delivery. But yeah, I mean, I guess it really underscores, I guess, what really this entire episode is all about, which again, it's kind of what I was saying earlier of like, if you're intelligent enough to like get a lot out of The Sopranos, you're probably not a person who has a big issue with gayness. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like out, of, I guess the high stakes of this episode Ultimately, what my big problem is with this episode is that they treat the stakes as so high, but the stakes just don't really translate to me. Mm, you know okay. what I mean? Where I'm like, God, it's just so hard for me to care. Where normally, you know, we care on the same level as the characters, because obviously life and death is life and death. But yeah. here, it's just kind of like, wow, we're really going to do a whole episode about these guys reacting to one of their crew being gay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, that that's true. The, the stakes aren't high yet right. for Vito. Yeah. But the episode is titled Live Free or Die, which yes. obviously is New Hampshire's you know state motto. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, yeah. are, are we really risking life <laughs> or death here? Like, right. Yeah. So Vito does make a break for it in the next scene. Nice little over the shoulder shot of uh babysitter cleavage yeah so strange uh i was like wait what is what is being said with this like sexy babysitter shot right i that, couldn't quite come up with it that obviously Vito wouldn't hang around for it i i don't know yeah like, i guess if it was tony in there well i don't know tony probably wouldn't try and bang a babysitter that young but yeah Vito doesn't really doesn't affect Vito. What I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Vito just went straight home and no one's casing his place. Right. <laughs> so they didn't expect like, oh, maybe he'll stop off at home first. Right. No one's there. Yeah. He's safely able to get home, get his stuff, say bye to his kids, mm -hmm. even grab a framed photo. Yeah. And leave. Right. And just take off. And start stress eating ribs. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. <laughs> but I guess it just worked out that way for Vito. And it does seem like, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to trick us into thinking something bad's going to happen to Vito here. I just right. Feel with like the, the sticky barbecue fingers, the rain and yeah. driving. Yeah. A phone call coming in. Right. From it's Phil. Like a perfect storm for him to just yeah. get in an accident. Right. This dark and stormy night. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he does get in an accident of sorts. Of sorts. But it's not that significant, right? I mean, it's just like a little down tree branch. Gets Which wouldn't stuck. you see that? This is where yeah. I'm like always confused. Like, you, right. You would see that. Well, I mean, when you're stuffing your face with ribs. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that's true. But uh, the branch gets stuck in his wheel well. Uh, you know, his car can't really go further at that point. Right. Uh, so yeah, he gets out. We get this kind of, uh, you know, humorous shot. Of you think the, so? You know, waddling, poncho-clad Vito. Yeah. <laughs> Very lonely. You As know. he walks up onto yeah. Dartford, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and he hits upon a bed and breakfast. Yes. And this bed and breakfast lady, I gotta tell you, she's a little too nice. Right. Little too welcoming. Yeah. But I guess that's Dartford for you. Yeah. You just, you think everybody's nice. It's this weird kind of perfect town. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is a town where leaf peepers come. 
<laughs> we don't get many leaf peepers out here. But right. she she only expects people dropping by on a, unannounced if they're leaf peepers. Yeah. So <laughs> I couldn't help thinking too how wet Vito was mm-hmm. and just just getting everything yeah. soaking wet in that house. Well, that this poor very woman's cleanup. What? That poor woman's cleanup. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, she's such a sweet lady yes. that you know she doesn't even mind that she. He's making this big mess. Yeah. Won't even take his generous tip. Right. Well, then, of course, like there are. The Sopranos has done a good job in the past of showing us the continuation of a story. Mm -hmm. So Carmelo Speckhouse is one of those things. But this, too, felt kind of low key, low stakes. Mm -hmm. Didn't really get me like that wild over. Right. But yeah. she opens up this container and her reaction doesn't look like a reaction of somebody who's shocked to find nothing in there. Yeah. It's like the reaction of somebody who's like, there's nothing in here. Yeah. That's about it. She doesn't seem terribly concerned. No. But then we see how concerned she really is. I mean, I guess they were trying to sort of keep it mysterious what she was doing there and what the problem was. Yeah. If there was a problem. Sure. But then uh, we, in the next scene, get another great Hugh-Carmella argument. Yeah. Yeah. So Carmella pulls up on Hugh (laughs) and her father and is like, hey, you know, you ransacked the place. You took all the valuable materials, I guess, to sell or to use to your own device because the construction project of the spec house got stalled due to the lumber code violation. Right. Yeah. yeah, while her husband was in his deathbed. Right. So outraged. Yeah, and Hugh is outraged as well. Lifetime of her bullshit? Mm-hmm. Really, Hugh? Come on. <laughs> A lifetime. Yeah. It's funny seeing Carmela's mom be the peacekeeper, though. Right, yeah, exactly. Once, right? Yeah, yeah. But she that... pops out with her uh, hair and curlers. Mm-hmm. Very funny, very kind of, um, you know, it's her role in Goodfellas, as we've mentioned before, Lauren Bracco's mom in Goodfellas. And uh, she literally had a scene like this where she was at the doorway, you know, yelling from the doorway. Yeah. Yeah. So she knew exactly how to hit her mark. Right. (laughs) Any direction. Yeah. But uh, back to Vito in Gaysville, USA. Yes. Because as it turns out, there are a lot of gay people. Right. In Dartford. New Hampshire, and everybody's cool with it. Mm-hmm. And Vito is kind of like, wow, everyone's cool with it. Yeah. But he does take an opportunity to try to search for relatives that might be in right. the state. Can't find any of them. Right. So he is really all alone up here. Yeah. Yeah. It but... was the plan to come up here. Right. But now it seems like he took a wrong turn. Yeah. Although there is this uh, indication, you know, as you reference that. This is a friendly town towards gays. We see a gay couple. They're regulars at this diner. The guy behind the counter, village people-esque mustache. mustache. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but very friendly to Vito, mm-hmm. suggesting the Johnny cakes, which mm-hmm. seem a lot like pancakes. I think they're exactly like pancakes. Right. They just yeah. have some different, you know, oats. Well, or something. Yeah, I mean, this guy behind the counter, he really makes a pitch for these Johnny Cakes and how mm-hmm. great they are. Also, 
they don't have Jimmy Dean sausages because they make them in house. Right. You know, euphemism is that what you're trying to get at? Uh, no, I mean I literally sausages. wasn't thinking that until the words were coming out of my mouth. Okay. And I was like, what's like a joke I could make here? And then I was just like, ah, oh, forget it. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't really do spoiler alerts, but. Spoiler alert, there is an episode down the road called Johnny Gigs. Yes. Just uh, if you were looking ahead and haven't uh, watched the whole series yet, there mm-hmm. is an episode of that name. So now everybody's really trying to figure out, okay, what's what's going on? Where's Vito now mm-hmm. that he took off? Next scene, Sill tries to gain some insight from Marie. Right. Vito's cover is that he's in Vegas, I guess is what he told Marie. And still awkwardly has to ask about the, uh, you know, sex department of yeah. the <laughs> the relationship. Yeah, the spat for right. marriage. And it's funny, too, that he, like, leaves these backstage passes to blood, sweat, and tears. As if Vito, hearing that, is going to be like, ooh, I'll yeah. be right there. <laughs> like, I'll come to pick him up. Right. For sure. <laughs> That's just a funny, like, lure. Right. To get him back. Right. But okay. Fine. I mean, was it really a lure to get him back or was it just sort of like, oh, just a pretense for why, mm. you know, I would even be over here in the first place? Yes, it could yeah. be. But also still just kind of makes too strong of a point of it <laughs> right. at the end that maybe it is a lure. I don't know. Yeah. Of course, funny when he gets in the car and says to Tony, I'm telling you, my business, I'm around a lot of women. That one ain't getting late. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty good. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, pretty important. Uh, next, Tony calls Vito's phone. Yeah. All right, here's a fun scene, yeah. right? This is hilarious. <laughs> so Vito got the call from Phil Leotardo, uh, his wife's cousin, yep. right? We've established that. And Vito just flung the phone out of the window. You know, he's done with all of that. So I guess next day... When Tony tries to call Vito, this uh, road work crew is there, and yeah. one of the workers picks up the phone and answers. Yeah. And uh, this is just a classic Soprano scene where, like, I just feel like in real life, stuff doesn't get this ramped up <laughs> to, like, just the cursing, you know, slur-spewing argument <laughs> between strangers. <laughs> Tony goes right into yeah. Vito on the phone, asshole. <laughs> right. Hey, that does it. And he yeah. picked the wrong guy to say that to. Right. He picks, a, he picks a fight right back at Tony, <laughs> who then accuses him of being Vito's lover. And right. The guy immediately is like, oh, I got a solution for this. Yeah. Chucks the phone underneath the cement. Uh, paver. It's so funny because he's so like, what's the misunderstanding? I guess seems to be cleared up. The worker is like, <laughs> oh, you know, I just found this on the road, okay? Like, I don't know Vito. Like, let's just calm down. But then he's like, no, actually, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and then tosses the phone. Right, right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. We pick up on the ladies of The Sopranos, Carmela, Roe, and Gabby. And it's brought up that by Gabby that the news is it's a separation between mm-hmm. Vito and Marie. No word yet on the gay mm-hmm. aspect of it. Artie's interruptions in the scene, obviously classic with a full platter of fish <laughs> later on. But 
<clears throat> importantly, uh, Angie just barges into the scene. Right. Really just being a strong cunt here. Like, <laughs> just like full force. But good for her. She's a businesswoman yeah. now. She's a boss lady now. She is a boss lady. And I guess this is the heart, right, of our Carmela storyline. Mm-hmm. And you see that the stuff with the house was real set up for it. So, yeah. you know, to explain to the audience, everyone, I guess, understands this. But let's just talk about it anyway. You know, Carmela's big strategy for becoming an independent woman in her own right was building the spec house, right? And then mm-hmm. s- flipping it, selling it or whatever, and then maybe starting a real estate career from there. So she would have her own thing and wouldn't just have to rely on Tony's income for her whole lifestyle. Now, clearly that's run into a wall. The spec house is stalled. Mm-hmm. And so she's feeling very self-conscious because she sees Angie here who's able to do everything that Carmela wishes she was able to do for herself. Without a husband. Yeah. Specifically. Right. Without a husband. And just come a real long way, right? I mean, she started Mm -hmm. out as this kind of pitiful, pathetic figure. She was selling samples at the grocery store. Right. Right? And now she's like in charge. chair yeah (laughs) oh it's all right yes she is definitely uh in charge and carmella takes note of that i think Mm -hmm. all the ladies kind of take a little bit of note yeah all of them do yeah and now we come upon uh a really good tony and melfi scene (laughs) i gotta say like i was thinking about tony and melfi scenes and the therapy scenes and just thinking about how it's really lucky of tony that every uh, session he has with Melfi, it seems like he has a breakthrough. That's right. Whereas in real life, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and Tony gets very lucky with these kind of break breakthroughs yeah. because this is another moment here where Melfi doesn't have to do much to lead Tony to just admit what he's really feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does start off though a little. It's really funny though that Chris and Tony and probably everybody else too. Mm-hmm. But we saw it with Christopher, and then we see it with Tony. But they think they have a good gaydar. Right. <laughs> that they know. Yeah. Oh, they knew all along. I right. Mean, they had an idea that yeah. he was gay. No, that, that actually is a really good point. That is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the the breakthroughs. I mean, we see sort of Tony really trying mm-hmm. to, to be progressive. And, I mean, I guess you get to kind of the interesting aspect of the dilemma here where tony's like you know i don't really care i guess in the end if Vito's gay but unfortunately you know for the culture that i am in it's just really not acceptable yeah Vito's his main earner yeah he owes a lot to Vito. Mm -hmm. so this outlook it's unfortunate to say this but the outlook that he's taking is kind of the wrong one to take right he should be taking the outlook as everybody else in his crew otherwise he's just setting himself up for a lot of trouble yeah he really is because he's he is taking a progressive view Mm -hmm. that whatever people do behind closed doors although he does agree with senator's sanatorium (laughs) right soon we'll all be fucking horses and dogs or whatever right yeah so he's definitely not pro-gay but uh you know uh live and let live i guess is kind of his attitude right especially 
after going through the life mm-hmm. and death trauma that he just went through. Right. You know, he has this sort of larger perspective about existence. Yeah. Also, I like the part in the beginning, too, where... You know, he's trying to he's trying to explain to Melfi that no, Vito actually is a capable guy who's done a lot of great stuff, especially when he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony brings up when I was in the hospital, he helped Carmelo tremendously when we were strapped. You've implied you have millions of dollars. Your hospital stay was actually that costly? Well, no, but uh Huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the point. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. yeah. She definitely catches him off guard there. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Right. But Tony, yeah, he kind of uh, admits his weakness here, mm-hmm. I would say, that, um, yeah, can be a bad move for him. Right. And I love how just amused Melfi is by this whole conversation. I mean, because right. I guess she does kind of represent the audience, uh, as I keep referencing. And even Tony brings it up where he's like, hey, in your like circle, yeah. you know, of like educated sort of elite, yeah. you know, doctors, you have trans whatevers and it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, on my side of the fence is just not OK. Right. Uh, so she thinks this is all, you know, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we rarely see Melfi so amused by Tony's problems. That's true. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Carmela and Tony um, in the next scene, Carmela asks Tony about that building inspector because that was something he was supposed to do before Mm -hmm. he got, as Carmela says, hurt. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't think getting shot is just getting hurt, (laughs) but that's okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a sweet moment of him, her, you know, treating his scar Mm -hmm. and then him opening up about things that, you know, we haven't ever seen him open up about before to her his feelings about junior and how she was right about him and what he's been discussing with Melfi that to prove he was a good guy is why he stuck to his uncle because it would show his mother that he's actually a good boy. Mm -hmm. Well, we never really heard that kind of conversation with Melfi, but that's something like that Tony revealing to her Mm -hmm. is kind of cuckoo. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess they had that conversation in members only right yeah kind of. yeah but uh you know it's interesting that tony sort of kind of underscores that you know here so it's just interesting that he really did understand what melfi was saying and at the time he didn't want to hear it just like he didn't want to hear about carmella's resistance to junior and now he understands hey you know you guys were right and i shouldn't have been so close to him and i shouldn't have trusted him so much hmm. is basically what it comes down to but you know, since you brought that thing up last week of like, why does no one talk about the fact that Uncle Junior only shot Tony because he was literally out of his mind? Yeah. You know, I think about that now and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is interesting that no one addresses that at all. Yeah. yeah. He's not in prison. Mm-hmm. He's squirrely owned. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Oh, and then I also, sorry, I guess jumping back to uh-huh. that, uh, melfi session that we just saw yeah that was when tony said hey you know i'm trying to have the every day as a gift mentality right but regular life is just grinding me down you know (laughs) so and then in your mind you kind of think like oh like that water heater right it's just yeah Yeah. life is tough and now he has this big veto problem and it's just a big pain in pain in the ass yeah you know things should be perfect things should be easy couldn't Mm -hmm. veto just keep it you know in the closet so we could just keep making money for Tony. 
Mm-hmm. Now Tony's got to deal with this problem. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Mel Brooks who said that uh, uh, drama is when you cut your finger, but comedy is when you fall down a manhole and die. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I think for like The Sopranos, because they do such a good job of weaving comedy into yeah. these sort of dramatic themes, mm-hmm. that it does take that kind of approach, right? It takes the outing of one of the members of his crew to be gay mm-hmm. that sets up the dramatic and the comedic oh for sure all in one but yeah this next scene um again a little bit of you know getting the perspective of the women now yeah because now it is out that right. Vito is gay right and Roe and Carmela have this kind of conversation about it you know how could you live with somebody that long aren't you a smart woman did you set something up with him was it you know part of a, a a deal between the two of you, the poor kids, the fathers of the nook. And to hear like Carmela talk this way, right. You know, we had the Billy Bud scene, but, (laughs) but you know, this even still is like, all right, no one approves of this. Yeah. Uh, You know, there was one of those kind of fun Sopranos transitions at the top of this scene, because of course the previous scene was Tony getting very vulnerable and open with Carmela and they were lying next to each other, you know, on top of the covers, right? Mm-hmm. And then the first line of the next scene is Roe saying, oh, imagine lying next to a guy for 15 years. So just from oh, yeah. seeing that image of them lying next to each other and then the Roe line, that's I was good. like, oh, that's kind of funny. That is nice, yeah. In walks Meadow, who does, yeah. again, she looks very mature, uh, looks like a business lady mm-hmm. and uh, ready to conquer the world. But of course she knows something about Vito more than they know about right. <laughs> Vito. And she kind of dangles that in front of them until she gets confirmation. They're talking about his potential homosexuality. Right. And then she drops the bombshell that Finn saw him blowing a security guard. Yeah, Meadow's so blunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then in walks a very poorly overdubbed Tony singing. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed this. He's walking in singing yeah. a song. His lips are not moving. <laughs> I didn't notice that all. actually. Yeah. His mouth's just open. Right. Um which maybe he's singing, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. Gandolfini has like a ventriloquist uh yeah. style to maybe. his singing. Yeah, perhaps. But of course we get that pause there. Mm-hmm. As Meadow is outed for having more information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cut to the next scene. Finn being brought in to confirm it all. <laughs> and again, here's just that moment of like, what a bunch of goofy goons. Right. Right. Making fun of Finn for being a doctor, still yeah. tugging on his mouth. Like the whole thing is just like, if I was Finn, I'd be like, scared shitless well yeah what i'm about to do he is you know and i think that this scene it's so absurd Mm -hmm. but it really is kind of it encapsulates the whole episode in a way where i think we're supposed to say yes it is this absurd that they are it is absurd that they're this concerned about it that it's this big of a deal right but that's the reality of these guys it really would be this big of a deal yeah you know yeah absolutely uh cut too quickly a uh, scene with Vito taking a stroll passing an antique shop mm-hmm. passing couples taking a nature walk and then settling on the edge of this river I don't know is he thinking about suicide is that hey, what we're yeah. supposed to get from this that's kind of what I felt you know? oh for sure yeah and he doesn't know really what he's supposed to do next 
cut back to the pork store. And I love that how that even though Tony knows what Finn just shared with everybody, mm-hmm. he still has a disgusted look on his face on yeah. the opening shot after Finn is done. Right. Like he heard it again and he's even still kind of disgusted yeah. by it. And everybody just has a long pause as they're trying to calculate what they just heard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I liked, I mean, I obviously, this scene erupts pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, it's hilarious. I mean, I think that's the, I think the biggest joke of this whole episode is in this scene, you know, for me personally, uh-huh. when Finn clarifies, right. like, oh, no, 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 you, you got it wrong. It was Vito who was going down. Mm. Right. On the security guard. And then they're just like, oh my God. Like, Polly just goes, exactly. what? Catching. Tony yeah. can't. Tony has to, like, jump up from the table and walk it <laughs> off. <laughs> He's so horrified. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Because, Carlo throws down his car- deck of yeah, cards. Because, of course, it's one thing when you're receiving. At least you're still maintaining dominance. You know, you're still. <laughs> playing the masculine role even yeah. though you are being gay but to be like blowing the guy, like that's a huge distinction oh yeah it's a worse you offense. know yeah it's a For worse sure. version of being gay yes. than receiving the blow yes job absolutely yeah and then obviously it starts breaking down from there bobby's like well he obviously can't be in our social club and i'm like that's hilarious that <laughs> yeah bobby thinks this is just a social club like it's a <laughs> lion's club or something like that <laughs> right you know we're <laughs> the winos of new jersey yeah um but uh also just one detail mm-hmm. that i never noticed before the giant texas longhorn skull mm. that's on the wall oh above yeah above them all yeah never noticed that before it's lovely decor oh yeah very nice it's awesome nice touch yeah yeah in a pork store you have a giant right. you know long horn bull mm-hmm. uh i guess the standout moment here is when Polly stands up yeah and calls out tony i want to think about it yeah i don't know what the fuck what is that he think about shut down fuck that i'll say it again what the fuck is there to think about you're going to take care of his kids after he's gone? Very, very tense. Yeah. Polly telling the boss, like, right. fuck that. Yeah. I'll ask you a fucking another time. <laughs> like, tell me what's there to think about. Right. And, yeah, I guess you do have to think about the fact that if you take out your main source of income, mm-hmm. you do have to provide that's part of the deal, yeah. gay or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think it's kind of funny too when Polly sits down again and he actually like apologizes for yelling at Tony. He goes, How much more betrayal can I take? You yeah. know, of course, referencing what he just found out about his mom. Yeah. That yeah. big pussy. I mean, right. all of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But Christopher fucking loving every moment of this. Right. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. He's just so, so amused. Yeah. I really like this next scene because it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Tim Van Patten actually sets it up to be so, right? Because Phil comes over to Marie's house. Because the last thing Tony says is, we're going to keep this in these four walls. Next scene, Phil already knows. Phil knows mm-hmm. who the source is. He has to go over and tell Marie it's been confirmed. And the shot, the way this is set up, Marie, you have the window in the background and Phil is on that side of the frame. Mm-hmm. So he's all in shadow. Mm-hmm. And you got Marie on the other side, and she's obviously 
showing up in the light and everything. And yeah. it just kind of does give that feeling of, wow, Phil is an evil guy. Because right. you know he doesn't want to just bring Vito back for, uh, you know, re- rehab and corrective right. on his homosexuality. He wants to kill Vito. It's always a bad sign in The Sopranos, I've noticed, when a guy says about a person that he's trying to track down. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get this guy into counseling yeah. or, you know, rehab or therapy or something. You know, that yeah. means uh, I need to get him back so I can kill him. Right. It reminds me, of course, of like that time when Ralphie said to Roe, like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to get some like therapy for your son. Right. And that, you know, was symbolic of the fact that Ralphie had made the decision to take Jackie Jr. out. Mm-hmm. You know, so we kind of see a similar thing going on here. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's also another little hint in this scene mm-hmm. that uh, Maureen knew that Vito was gay. Hmm. You know what I what mean? What was the hint? Uh, I guess it just, just the way that she said Vito Spadafore is a good husband and a good father. You know, I just kind of felt like- A good man and a good father. A good man, right. A good man and a good father. Yeah. Like, she sort of knew the whole time in mm. a way. I just kind of felt like she had sort of made that- like, hey, okay, maybe he has this thing, but he's a good person, you know, at the end of the day, and he provides. Mm-hmm. So that's what is important to me, which I think a lot of women who, you know, unintentionally marry gay guys, that's kind of their ultimate stance. You know? <sighs> Unintentional. When they stay in yeah. the relationship. Picking up on the Angie Carmella plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angie, the business lady, Carmela walks in on a payoff from Angie, giving it to Benny and Patsy, who are in the midst of telling her she could have whatever airbags and tires she needs, mm-hmm. I guess as long as the money keeps rolling in. Right. So now we see Angie is not one of the gals anymore. No. Nope. She's one of the guys. Yeah. And this is a shocking thing for Carmela to see. I mm-hmm. mean, this never would have happened back in the day. And back in the day, could have been five years ago, really. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And again, I think we just see Carmela so envious in a way. You know, on one hand, she sort of judges it. But on the other hand, she's like, God, I wish I had this for myself. Right. I wish, you know, I could have meetings with men and, like, sort of be looked at as an equal, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just, like, a housewife. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the main point of the yeah. whole thing. She ain't no dummy. And she discusses it with Ro in the next scene. I love how silly Ro is here yeah. too, right? She's like, oh, I shouldn't have told you. Oh, stupid me. <laughs> She's oh, so funny. Dummy, dummy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, Carmela kind of hurt by all this, right? Mm-hmm. She can't catch a break here. She right. wants to be an independent woman and she sees this other woman doing it all on her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, Ro really underscores the point here when she literally says, it's like she used to be one of us. Now she's one of them. Yeah. Right. Good Ro. <laughs> yeah, thank Good you. Good Ro, yeah. <laughs> but carrying on into the next scene, Carlo gets a raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tony, uh, Tony doesn't like preambles. And right. I think by <laughs> now you would think his crew would understand that. Yeah. Like, Tony wants you to get through the preambles right. and get to the point. Right. But he does give Carlo Vito's construction for mm-hmm. the meantime, because as it turns out, Tony actually is still reserving that spot for Vito once he returns. <laughs> right. That's the decision he has made. Yeah. Is that when Vito comes back, 
all will be forgotten and somehow Tony will help him work his way back in, have a path back into mm-hmm. the crew with no judgments from anyone. Right. Yeah. Which is going to be kind of hard to do. I mean, I think a big part of this is that uh, Tony, as we've seen before, really hates uh, the feeling that he's being pressured by the crew to take a certain decision. Right. You'll always notice that like when the guys kind of gather up and they're like, Hey, deliver Tony B to Phil or do this or that, you know, pressure one way or the other. Yeah. Tony always pushes back yep. and he's like, no, this is not, you know, a democracy. I'm the boss. I make the decision. So I think a lot of his reaction has to do with that too, where he's almost like, I'm not just going to do what you tell me to do because you told me to do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Carlo lets him know though, you know, none of the guys are going to work for Vito. Right. <laughs> at all. And Polly, forget about it. Yeah. He's going to kill Vito. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that is a serious problem and it's a, a legit point. Uh, we get another really great unintentional euphemism from Tony. Mm-hmm. Vito's a come from behind kind of guy. We missed the one in the therapy session when he says the guys are asking for head and we also miss the one where (laughs) uh when the actual like accusation is made in the back room right uh tony goes for all we know (laughs) this sal guy's got a heart on for Vito. (laughs) so (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i'm glad we just piled them all right there (laughs) Towards the end here. Yeah, Chase. Everything that we missed. (laughs) Chase, Winter, uh, Green, and Burgess. I think that they had fun, you know, coming Uh, up with these lines. They probably told each other, hey, everybody bring one to the table. Exactly. You know what? We like all these. (laughs) You're each responsible for one kind of gay joke. Maybe this episode has a problem of too many cooks. Right. You think? I mean, why? Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, sure. Why? Why all four of them to write this episode of all episodes? I feel like there must have just been a problem with this episode. Like the story didn't quite come together the way that they needed it to. Because if you look at sort of the way the credits are broken down, uh, what it implies is that there was like the initial team of like Winter and Chase. Mm -hmm. And then they were revised by Green and Burgess. Yeah. You know, and just the way that this episode has a sort of like disjointed feel and just lack of momentum yeah it feels like so. one that they just sort of had to like throw together real fast for and whatever reason at this point burgess and green were kind of on their way out right That's yeah great so it's crazy like all of it's kind of like what's going on what's yeah 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 i mean i think that uh a lot of the weaknesses of this episode probably can be attributed to some sort of unknown behind the scenes problem yeah. yes so well, still, you know, he has to agree with Tony while Carlo's there. And you can see him in the background, you know, kind of nodding and agreeing with Tony. Like, hey, Vito's not the first one. You know, it's mm-hmm. 2006, you know. But, hey, let's celebrate your raise and get the fuck out. Yeah. But, of course, Sill is there. And while Carlo is not there, he has to let Tony know and direct him you were going to start losing a lot of money. And I found this really interesting because Syl just comes out with it and says like, you know, guys skim Mm -hmm. from what they're supposed to give you. Imagine what it's going to be like if you actually allow Vito back in. You're going to make little to none. 
right money from your guys yeah you're just giving them ex- an excuse to kind of take you less seriously yeah as a boss and uh yeah i mean that is again a very legit concern I think Tony understands that that's a legit concern and he's just so frustrated because he's like, I can't believe that this stupid ass issue right. of Vito being gay right. is, you know, potentially going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. You know? Yeah. You get a small scene here with uh, Meadow at her job doing law type <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And that's about it. She's, yeah, you know, uh, praised I guess for being there and being helpful, but then behind her back, that's Tony Soprano's daughter. Yeah, I mean it is kind of amusing that this mob boss's daughter wants <laughs> to go into law yes. potentially. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I like to. I guess that that's the point of everybody else when they say, or she wants to be a doctor. Right. Like maybe everybody in the family. Both yeah. families are trying to push. Yeah, the exactly. Do- the doctor route, not the lawyer route. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I think that there is a important bit of setup in that scene, and that she will be covering uh, white collar fraud yes. crimes. Yes, unfortunately, in yeah. the last scene with her and Finn, to which I did not like. Mm-hmm. Yes, that I guess is the setup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this last scene with Carmela and Tony, she pressures him again. Mm-hmm. But while he's doing water weights, you can't... I mean, he's working on his lats. Yeah. He's got to build those lats back up. Right, yeah. So He got shot after all. After all. I mean, <laughs> give the guy some time to come yeah. back from that kind of damage. Yeah, yeah. But the scene, it underscores right that Tony keeps forgetting to do this because it's really just not that important to him, Carmela's <laughs> business. <Right. laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously Carmela is seeing that Tony doesn't yeah. really care and it's just like a further insult, you know, and it's more frustrating for her where she's mm-hmm. just like, I'm really trying to do this thing and like no one takes it seriously to make it even worse. Like this is sort of just reminding me how dependent on Tony I really am. You know, because I can't move forward at all. I can't even cheat the system myself. I need Tony to do it. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. really irritating for her. And then, you know, she kind of storms off and then he kind of shakes his water weight at her (laughs) in in irritation. (laughs) Okay, so now we get some bad high acting in this scene. Yep. Uh, Finn and Meadow. So where are they exactly? Are they in like Tony's little pool room? Yeah. Yeah, that pool room. room. Uh, Tony's man cave. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Uh, And they're smoking. And then they get into this whole thing where, I mean, you said that you didn't like this scene. No. I mean, I kind of liked that Meadow was getting a little bit of a comeuppance here. Like Finn's kind of calling her out. Oh, well, that part I did. You know, finally for her, for all of her hypocrisy. And and Meadow is a big hypocrite, you know. Yeah, no, Finn is right on here. You know, the mezzo, I I keep wanting to say mezzo di giorno. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, it'd kind of be like Finn. Didn't he say Johnny Macaroni? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's calling her out here. It's like. This guy, mm-hmm. it, no matter what you have to say, Finn was in the back of a pork store surrounded by her Uncle Polly right. ratting out a guy for his homosexuality, which could only be the worst thing one of those guys could be accused of. Mm-hmm. That's scary shit for him. Yeah. And she's talking about all this white collar crime. Right. 
Yeah, and she's so outraged about that. And he's like, wait a minute. Your dad is a criminal, <laughs> yeah. like a violent criminal, which yeah. is by definition what like white collar crime isn't, right. you know? Yeah. And you're so much more upset about that than like the fact that Vito might be like beaten to death <laughs> by your dad's friends for being gay. Like, right. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Last scene here, Vito does decide to go antiquing mm-hmm. and turns out he's the biggest gay in Dartford. Yeah. Because he picked out somehow the best piece in the whole damn place. <laughs> right. Well, it's just funny. We haven't quite mentioned, or maybe we did, just how this is such an idyllic town in New Hampshire. Right. And it just seems to be filled with pleasant gay men. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this twilight zone of like happy gay guys uh, yeah. in this small town. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, this seems like a wonderful place. But I guess that's the whole point. You know, yeah. Vito's kind of looking around here and he's like, hey, this is sort of the perfect environment for me in a way. If I wanted to start a whole new life, right. I could be really happy here. He could. He could. Well, that's the end of the episode. Again, kind of mixed emotions from us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, tell us what you think, obviously. We'd love to hear from you. But that does it for this episode of The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. Until then, if you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and rating. We're on Spotify, Google Play, all over the place. And you can find us and listen to us there. Find us on Twitter at The Soprano Show and Facebook at The Soprano Show. And like I said, share what you thought about this episode, Live Free or Die. Is it good is it a miss for the four best writers of the the whole entire series uh or some of the writers of the whole entire series let us know but like we do with every episode we end with our favorite line do you want to start with your favorite line oh yeah sure so this goes back to the melfi tony therapy Mm -hmm. scene and i just really enjoyed it when melfi points out a lot of your circle must have done jail time They can't be strangers to male-male sexual contact. Are you gonna pay us for that? Well, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the fact that Tony thinks she doesn't believe him. Right. That when he was in jail, he had a short stint and didn't need any (laughs) anal. Right. (laughs) Which is what he says. I think that's great. Yeah, mine uh, mine came early on with the um, first discovery of the guys that Vito potentially is gay. And as Patsy leaves to go find that dancer who knows the Gumar, Carlos says, Think about it, though, Tom. It's on weight loss. AIDS? Nobody's got AIDS. I don't want to hear that word here again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that decree. Yeah. (laughs) The word AIDS shall never be spoken again in this room.